Hey, thanks for checking in with us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. For this edition of the CEP, we bring you the second installment of our series titled Back to the Basics, A Guide for Growth, featuring Scott McNally of Bodybuilding Nerds and Advices Radio Network. Scott has really dedicated himself to living a life of fitness as a bodybuilder, a diet coach, and as a podcaster, and he is bringing all of that experience to the mics with us to discuss some of the fundamental elements that will help anyone establish and reach their fitness goals. During the second installment of Back to the Basics, Scott breaks down many highly valuable topics such as managing expectations, considering a personal trainer, how to develop a training program that is right for you, and much, much more. Be sure that you go and check into all of Scott's podcast at Advices Radio com and bodybuildingnerds.com and you can also download all of his podcast episodes where all great podcasts can be downloaded and so now without further introduction here we go yo we are back here with yet another edition of the cerebral entertainment podcast i am james and with me as always is my good friend colt yes sir how you doing today, Colt? Good, man. You? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. Thank you for asking. You are very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and today on the line with us again, All right. uh, from Advices Radio and Bodybuilding Nerds Radio, Mr. Scott McNally. How you doing, sir? Hey, you guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, man, for joining us again. Uh, this is uh, this is part two of our ongoing series. Colt, what's the name of our series again? Back to the Basics, A Guide for Growth. A Guide for Growth. I love yeah. that. And it, that is just what the title describes, is getting back to the basics. We want to start from a very foundational level so that we can either help people who are just starting out or maybe haven't had the proper uh, guidance, training, education, what you know, what have you. But also for people who have been at it for a while and just need a refresher, you know. Um, and, and if you're like me, you've you've been in and out of the gym through, throughout my life. I've uh, been in and out of you know trying to stay in shape and, and and having goals and reaching some goals and having more goals, but then falling off the map for a while and having to to reboot and get back on my horse and and try it again. And so this is very useful for me. It's very beneficial for me. And so, Scott, you know, we, we really appreciate your expertise in coming on. And I know you have a busy schedule. Colt was just showing me earlier the uh, most recent Advices Radio lineup. And you guys are stacked, man. You got, you got a lot of shows going on. That is awesome. We are trying. Thanks. Yeah, we. Yeah. Uh, I actually have enough shows that I have more shows than days of the week right now that are already lined up. So I'm excited about it. You know, it started out just small, just me. And it grew, and you know, of course, we have bodybuilding nerds, but the advice is it just it, that it was just one guy basically trying to uh, build it up. And now we're at a point where we have so many shows that any given week we have at least three podcasts that are, are going out. So it feels really good. It's it's cool to be able to give back and uh, and share with people. I I recently got uh, some feedback from uh, an anthropologist that had visited the show. And she talks to a lot of people in the bodybuilding community. She had said one of the things that uh, people had noted that she speaks to is that some of our stuff is a little bit dense. And for that reason, she thought it might be a good idea to do something that was back basics. And so I'm glad to be here with you guys where we could put something like this together because, you know, we discuss a lot of in-depth topics about how, you know, a particular supplement might work with a, a, an advanced training plan. But, you know, those things aren't important if you don't have all these foundations down first. So this is really important stuff, and I'm glad you guys are covering it. Absolutely. I'm yeah, glad to be a part of it. Absolutely. And I was going to mention, though, you know, Colt introduced me to Advices Radio, what, some time ago? Uh, a few years back. A few years back, I guess. And uh, 
I've, I've always thought there are some there are some things that that are over my head for sure. You know, because a lot of the topics are just advanced. I mean, you've got you've got doctors and you've got medical doctors, you've got PhDs, you've got people who have been bodybuilding, you know, for 20, 30 years, whatever. But uh, I've always been able to find something that that is beneficial to me somewhere on advice's radio and, and so i just want to make sure that you know uh, i shout that out that that's there's always something beneficial you just got and it doesn't take very much digging you, you'll find it uh and plus it's entertaining i mean uh not only do you have scott but you have you know vj uh, if you're not entertained by vj then there's something wrong with you and <laughs> right, then right. of course you know <laughs> doc ogden doc stevens all those guys man I, I just love i love hearing their voices it's like i've never actually personally met you guys but i feel like i know you you know i feel like i know you pretty well because i, I hear that's, you guys and yeah and that's what it's all about you know that's what the beauty of podcast is isn't it it's a, it's an ongoing conversation so yeah you might not always catch everything but but i think that's good i would rather speak above people's uh level a little bit to let them reach versus speak below it and uh and and yeah it's a lot of fun man i i feel like i know exactly what you mean you, you build relationships with the podcast uh people that you listen to it's uh it's an ongoing thing there's there's no question and uh i'm i'm super grateful that we can we can give back and be part of creating that you know that type of thing yeah that's awesome keep up the great work over there and, and so on our first episode that that we alluded to earlier uh, we talked about mindset scott we talked a lot about just the the kind of mindset that you need the the, the motivation that has to be the driver behind getting in shape staying in shape you know wanting wanting to be a healthier person and what kind of different rationales and motivations that we have. And, and motivation itself, to me, is a mindset, um, but it, it's the very beginning piece. It's the very beginning spark that you have to have in order to reach your goals. And you know, without that, without that, without that, you probably aren't going to. If you're not motivated, you're not going to get in the gym in the first place. You know, you're not going to structure your day, your diet, uh, all of those things. You're not even probably going to worry about a goal that's going to fall off pretty quickly without that that spark. But having said that, you have to have the follow up. You got to have the follow through. You got to have the structure and and the labor. Therefore, you can bear the fruits of that labor in order to see results and, and to, to reach those goals. And so sure. today we're going to talk more about how to reach some of those goals, the actual structure that we're going to put in our daily lives. And, and so what's what's the first thing, Scott, that we can expect to uh, to use after we get that spark, after we know we're going to do it? We got our mindset. Now, now where do we go? All right. So I wanted to split our talks up here a little bit. In that, you know, we we did talk about all that foundational mindset stuff on the last episode. Uh, I thought the next step would be to get into the training because uh, what I've what I've seen in my own life, what I've seen with other people, is that that is the foundation is actually training. That that you know, you you people get in the gym and they start lifting and they start having good experiences with that, and then from there they they say, oh, okay, now I know I can maybe get some more protein in and I might grow a little faster or maybe if I had some carbs in you know at this time of day before I train maybe that'll help and you start thinking more about the nutrition you know after you've gotten into the training so I thought today if we talked about the training that would be a good place to be and my first thought getting into all this is about setting up real expectations and that kind of there's a couple different facets of that first of all I feel like the expectations that you want to set for yourself need to be realistic. It, it, it Training is kind of like watching a pot boil. 
or watching the grass grow. It's going to take a while. And if you if you're looking in the mirror every day to see what your gains look like, you're probably going to be disappointed. So, you know, some more realistic expectations are to look at your progress while you're training um, in the, the small ways. Look at how you know, your body feels better. You can carry yourself better after you've been into a training program for a while. Um, you'll notice that your strength is going up from workout to workout, that type of stuff. So if you focus on those things, that's beneficial. And the other part of expectations that I think is important to set up is to be realistic about the amount of time that you're going to commit to this. Because I get a lot of people that come to me and that they're gung-ho, they want to make these big life changes and they're ready to to jump onto this big uh, structured diet plan. And they sometimes will put together these really extravagant workouts. Maybe they found it online. Maybe a friend told them that this is the best way to grow. The best way to grow is really doing what you're going to be able to keep doing long term. So look at this as a long term thing. It's not going to it's not going to give you the the instant gains, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how perfect your nutrition is, and no matter whether you were to use anabolics or not. It it all comes back to putting in uh, years, really. And if you if you think about it, regardless of you know, what you do, time is going to pass. So you could either work in some exercise into your life and a year later you'll have become a healthier person because of that. Or you cannot work the exercise into your life. And, and guess what? I can guarantee you a hundred percent that you, you know, you won't be more muscular or <laughs> more, more fit the following year. So it's just about trying to find something that you're going to be able to keep doing consistently for a long time and just make it part of your life. So do you think that starts out with, uh, you know, just throwing in the gym, uh, you know, w one day a week or, or wh where do you, where does that start at? Like what, what if I, if I'm, you know, I've got that mindset now, but now I want to, uh, I, I wanted to structure a whole program where, where do I absolutely start at? Um, well, you know what I would say the very minimum would be three days a week training. Okay. And, you know, if you want to get in there four days a week, that would be even better. The key is, is to, you know, not overwhelm yourself and to make sure that you're always having fun because right. for me, exercise is fun. You know, people, people look at, at a competitive bodybuilder, they'll, they'll look to me, you know, when I'm getting ready for a show and I, I'm at my absolute best and they'll say, wow, I really admire, you know, your dedication to this. I admire that. But the thing is, is it's just something I enjoy doing. So it's not a challenge to me. It's not a job to me. I don't always want to go to the gym and, and get my workout in. But, you know, I if we go back to the previous episode, I trust the process of training. And I know that even though I'm not having a great workout today, if it's not a great day for whatever reason, I will have good workouts in the future. And I'll be grateful that I've been doing this. Um, so the commitment you make, it's not a bad thing. It's this is a commitment to having fun. So, you know, make sure you keep it there. And like I said, don't overwhelm yourself. So, yeah, I'd say that, like I said, three days would be the minimum. If you wanted to get in four, that's good. And we can talk about uh, more than that, too. You know, if you wanted to do like a five-day plan. And I have some different, some different uh, training ideas set up that we can get into. One thing I wanted to mention, though, before we got to that is, is when you do start, uh, if you don't have any experience, if you've never lifted weights before and you don't have somebody who's educated and can teach you, and I'm not just saying some guy who 
who genetically has big muscles, I, but somebody who can actually share with you how to put together a good, safe, and structured plan, I would suggest getting a personal trainer. And I'm not saying do this long term, but if you can find a good a good trainer that you can hook up with, you can get a few workouts in with them. They can help you uh, way better than you can help off if you're brand new. You know, the only thing I would consider though is that there are there are trainers out there that will try to give you a workout that will make you rely on them. So I would be real specific with what your goals were when you approached them, because you know a trainer's going to want to sell you on a package and tell you, you know, well, if you buy five sessions, you get this price. If you buy 10 sessions, you get this price. And that's fine and good. Some people need that motivation, but for somebody that's self-motivated and, you know, somebody who's on a budget too, especially because personal training is not cheap and with the food that you're going to be eating, you know, healthier choices and stuff, the the costs will add up. But hey, it, it's a it's an investment in your life. Um so try to shy away from anything with a personal trainer where they will be necessary. Anything where like it requires you to throw them a ball and then they throw the ball back to you. You know, you you can find a lot of good training that is totally self-reliant, but you sometimes with certain trainers you have to push a little bit to get that because they want to give you something that will make you depend on them so that you keep coming back, you know? So kind of you kind of want to have a personal trainer for your own knowledge and to to learn your you know your own way I guess exactly, is what you're kind of trying yeah. to say you know hire somebody who can give you you know you set up with them for 12 weeks or whatever and that they kind of you know push you through everything the diet the training and everything that way you can go on your own after that and don't let them you know just kind of engulf you and make it to where you you feel like you you can't do this on your own without them well, I was even thinking of less time. I was thinking of just a handful of sessions, okay. you know, gotcha. uh, just just so that you can be put through all the workouts that you're planning to do. Gotcha. Um, that way, you know that you're performing the exercises properly, and you, you'll you'll get um, the learning curve will be taken down that way. So, you know, maybe you invest in a week of personal training, uh, you know, or maybe. You split that up, where you you do you know what couple workouts with them one week, a couple other workouts the next, and then you have a, a good repertoire of exercises, and you'll also have that person there that you can turn to in the gym. You know if they're there and you can ask a question, a good trainer would be happy to to help you at no additional charge to just uh, you know take a look at your form or something like that. So uh, you know I think personal training can be really good, but at the same time. It can be a real racket too. There's a lot of, and I don't mean to talk negative, but I feel like there's a lot of unqualified people that are personal trained. And some of them look awesome. Some of them look great, but they don't have the first idea of how to grow muscle. They were just lucky enough to to get uh, you know a good pass in the genetic pool. Right. <clears throat> there's there's probably like with a lot of things. There's probably also a disparity between being able to do something and being able to teach someone to do something properly. I know that I've seen that in, in other other things in life where where someone can just kill it at at playing the guitar, for instance. And, but when they try to teach someone to play the guitar, it, it's like they're trying to speak in a different language. The person just cannot connect with it. So I would imagine that personal training is probably kind of the same way. Uh, on top of the the snake oil salesman that you get, but Scott, do you think that it would be helpful? Because I, I know you said kind of a targeted approach 
to uh, to hiring a trainer is it is it okay just to come up and say look i i really want to work on my form that is my number one goal is to work on my form and to put together that exercise routine to uh to reach a b and c goals is that the appropriate way to approach that for a short term absolutely yeah 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 oh yeah absolutely that way too you get in there and there's no discrepancy It, it it allows the trainer to know what you're looking for and you guys can get straight down to business. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to go to a personal trainer and commit long-term in order to get help. In fact, I think that training would probably be a lot better if if we did look at it as you know almost a tutor to be able to turn to when you need some assistance. Unfortunately, though, you know, we, we get the feeling, and I think it's the, the whole sales angle and the fact that, you know, these people are making a living at this in a lot of cases. Um, their livelihood depends on getting clients, so they're going to try to, you know, upsell people. And, and and I guess there's nothing wrong with that, especially a good trainer um, that knows what they're doing. They may be of benefit to you long term, but you have to weigh that out. And you could really do a lot on your own as long as you have the foundations in order, as long as you know how to lift and I think that that's the most important thing is is understanding form. And when I say form, I'll break that down into a couple of things, okay? So number one with form is is actually putting your body into the mechanical positions that it's supposed to be. Um, you know, I, I remember when I first started learning how to train, a lot of stuff was brand new to me, how to, you know, sit up straight and keep my head in in a fixed position. Um, not using leverage to to move a weight, but actually then using the muscle. And then that's the second point I want to get to is you know, once you get that form down, the next thing you need to do is work on activating the target muscle because you can do a bench press with every muscle in your body except for your pecs. Absolutely. And we, you know, we want to remember that pecs are the goal in that particular exercise. We want to remember you know, what our goals are in squats can give you guys examples too. It's things that I've come up against. And I see this with a lot of people. I found that early on in the first couple of years of my training, my shoulders were getting greatly developed more so than my pecs were. And I didn't know why, you know, my first thought is, well, I don't have genetics for pecs the way I do for shoulders. And that's just the way my body is to a reality. There might be some truth to that, but at the same time, if you looked at my mechanical form, what I was doing I was putting a lot of my chest-focused exercises into my shoulders and that they were actually making up for the pecs. So backing that down and figuring out, okay, how can I get my pecs to contract on this? That's the foundation. And so a lot of people get hung up in the idea of trying to lift as much weight as they can. And I see guys, you know, in the gym that are just there to, to show off. And listen, we've all been there, but I'm going to very strongly encourage your listeners to not fall into that trap because just because you moved uh, X amount of pounds doesn't mean that you made the most out of it. You know, in there's a difference between what strong men and uh, power lifters do compared to what bodybuilders do. And, uh, you know, I think that for the purposes of our talk, I'm going to say that we're looking to make our bodies look better as well as be able to carry ourselves through the world with more ease and comfort and strength. Um, in that case, it doesn't matter the amount of pounds you're lifting. It matters how you use it. So I have seen, I, I saw, I know a guy, as a matter of fact, a local competitor who had developed a really good upper body. He, he basically had a, 
a light heavyweight upper body, which would be a guy that tops out at 199, but then he had middleweight legs, and those guys top out at 176 and a quarter. So you know, he spent the next year squatting, and he squatted heavy, and he told me, he was like, oh, man, I'm I'm lifting really good. You know, I, I'm doing 500 pounds for reps on squats, and I saw him in the gym. He wasn't lying. This guy could move some incredible weight. But then when it came contest time again, his legs hadn't changed. So it's proof to me in situations like that that it's less to do with the absolute amount of weight and more to do with how hard you work, how hard you're activating those muscles. There's a chance that this guy was using you know, a lot of hips. He had a strong torso, strong back, so he was probably using some lower back in that exercise. These these are areas that are not what we're focusing on. In that case, we're looking for you know the legs, quad activation, and it was it was going into other places. So make sure you're being honest with yourself with whatever weight you use that you're actually contracting the muscle. If, I almost think of it, guys, as like uh, physical therapy. If you ever had to do that, the first step is getting the muscle to contract. And that means taking your time, focusing on your rep, and closing your eyes if you need to, really uh, making sure that you're contracting the muscle that you want to work. And if you focus on that for every rep of every set, you'll program body so that so that uh, engaging that muscle will become easier and easier. You'll find going in that you'll have a hard time focusing on one particular muscle group and contracting that and using that for a lift. But as you get better, you'll find more and more ability to to tap into a particular muscle group and make sure that that thing is is doing the work. So Scott, as far as the expectation of, of of utilizing the muscle, getting getting that muscle work that you want in order to to make gains, I know physique can't be your your first indicator. So what what are the specific indicators? What what exactly am I going to feel or going to see or going to what is it that that's going to happen that I know that I got that that muscle group to work like I like I wanted it to? Oh, that's a good question. And it's it's interesting because that's the kind of thing I wouldn't have thought to to answer. I wouldn't have thought to ask that question myself. So trying to trying to think here as to how I would explain that. Well, first and foremost, you feel that muscle contract. You feel that muscle flex. You know, you you think about, say, a bicep curl. Um, you want to keep that all in the bicep. But a lot of times we start swinging the weight around and we start using other things. We start using, say, our, our front delt, for instance. You know, even low back can get involved if you get really sloppy with it. But the key is is trying to, to tailor that back and make sure that where you feel the burn, you know, on the set, as you, as you uh, exercise, you begin, you know, feeling that burn through the set. Make sure that you're feeling that burn where you want to feel it. You know, if you're doing squats and your lower back is burning, then you probably, you know, in your in your leg not tapped out, then you you probably aren't doing it right, you know? So take your time and just think about contracting the muscle you're trying to work, and you contract it on each rep and, uh, and go from there. Use the mirrors, too. The mirror's another big one. A lot of people, you know, they don't understand the concept of the mirrors isn't to be vain and to take selfies in. I mean, that is there for that, too, I guess. <laughs> But it's to check your form, make sure that your spine is in alignment where you want it to be, make sure that your range of motion is where you want it to be. And then, you know, from there, you can, uh, you can begin to actually try to target the muscle that you're trying to train given that exercise. Yes. 
Yeah, that took me a while to come to that realization about the mirror, Scott, because yeah. I, I actually, you know, some time ago, uh, I felt, uh, I noticed myself, I guess, feeling self-conscious about looking at myself in the mirror because I didn't want to come across as vain. Yeah, know? yeah. Nowadays, I, I don't care. I, when, when I'm in the gym, I, I don't care what anybody else is doing, thinking, unless I see something, I'm like, hey, that's a, that's a, that's a bitch and exercise there. I want to try that. But otherwise, yeah. uh, I could care less, you know, and I think that's, that's, you know, once again, coming back to the mindset just for a second, I think that's how you got to be when you go into the gym. Have your training regimen in mind. Have your goals in mind and forget what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about them. It has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. You know, I, I've trained a lot with uh, IFBB pro Shelby Starnes and Shelby uh, had built an incredible physique. I mean, he, he built a good enough physique to turn pro and compete at that level and and do pretty successfully too especially given uh you know how hard he had to work to to even get to the pro level he did some incredible stuff but i'll tell you what i and he is a strong guy too so there's there's no taking that away from him but he doesn't need to use those types of the crazy weights in order to get growth i mean he just makes sure that he's working as hard as he can you know, on everything. And that said, he's gotten stronger and stronger over time. And with that, you know, the weight does go up. But really, I mean, I've seen people that are benching a lot more than Shelby does and not have nearly the development he's had. Sure. Right. So let me ask you this. With each exercise that you do, you know, you're looking for that contraction. You're looking to make sure that you're using the muscle properly. Do you, do you suggest starting at a lower weight on every exercise that you do? Uh, I, I ask that because personally, I normally do start at the lower end weight-wise just to make sure that I'm able to get that contraction with the weight that I'm working with. And then as long as I'm able to do that, then I, you know, my next set I'm going to build up. Does, does that Absolute, sound about right? Absolutely. Yeah, that definitely sounds right. Um and and, and uh, it, if you don't mind, I'll come back to warming up. Go I ahead, made a yeah. note here, and and we can talk about that as well as intensity and and what it means to go to failure. But before we get to that, um, I thought it might be a good idea to give some tangible information that people can apply. So my first thought is: so now you've decided that you're going to make this commitment and you're in the gym. What are you going to do? How are you going to set the split up? One way uh, that I think is really beneficial to get started would be to set up a circuit training plan where you end up training your entire body on every workout. And there's there's some drawbacks to that because you don't have the, the time to focus on a specific muscle group um, as in-depth as you could if you split it up. But there's some benefits to it too. If you're newer at training and making this commitment – is uh, is new to you, there's a chance that you may not be perfect 100% at the start. And that's okay. You don't need to be perfect from the start of your plan. All you need to do is put forth the effort and try, and the rest will take care of itself. You'll build the consistency into your life if you find it to be important. But if you do a circuit training plan, even if you miss a day, say you're training three times a week, full body, if you miss a workout, I mean, if you're only training three times a week and you miss a workout, that's a high percentage, you know, 33% of your training that you've missed that week. But you have still trained your entire body twice. Right. So there's that benefit, too. Um, and how would you build a circuit training plan? You would start with the big muscle groups and you would work your way down. And what you do is you pick an exercise for each of these muscle groups and then you, comp you complete them one after the next 
giving and my rep suggestion would be you know somewhere in like the 12 to 15 rep range going close to failure and then uh giving yourself a one minute break or a 45 second break and then going to the next muscle group so the re- the way that i would set it up would be i'd have an exercise for chest then i'd have an exercise for back then i'd have a, an exercise for legs then one for shoulders then one for biceps then triceps and followed by a set of abs if you do this you've tackled just about everything you have in your body and you can complete a circuit of those exercises three times in probably about an hour or so. Each time you complete a circuit from one end to the other, give yourself a few minutes, three, four minute break before you start again. And uh, the best way to do that is a lot of times with the selectorized machines. That way you don't have to you know, set up a barbell for each exercise and change weights. You can just move quickly and efficiently And for some people, they may never graduate beyond a circuit training plan. Let's say that you are a middle-aged housewife that just wants to get into better shape. uh, That may be fine for you to just stay with a circuit training plan, and you could do a lot with it. But then if if you want to take it further, then maybe after you've been training your body for a while, you've given yourself a chance to teach your body how to uh, contract each muscle group, then you could decide if you wanted to uh, take it further and create a new split. Um, but I guess this would be a good time to talk about warm-ups then. Um, jump right back into that. If that's Is that good by you guys? Yep, go right ahead. Absolutely. All right. So with warming up, yes, I definitely would use uh, a lighter weight to start and then build that up. So you can you can pyramid your weight up. Um, to a weight that you can say, like I said, in a circuit training plan, maybe start with you know 12 reps, 15 tops. We'll say, but we'll say if we say 12 reps to failure, what that means is is that, and this will this will be something that you're always going to be able to challenge yourself on. What is failure? It's it's something that you know you can't do more of. So if you, a lot of times I'll train with somebody who doesn't have a lot of intensity, and I tell them, okay, let's do this 12 to failure. And they get 12 reps and they stop. Right. But they really could have gotten more. And the way Scott Stevenson has put it to me is if you had a gun to your head or you had a gun to your family's head and somebody said, you have to get more reps, can you, you, know, can you do it? There's a good chance you've got more reps in you. And when you get to the point where somebody said, hey, gun to your head, can you get more reps and you can't get more reps, you physically can't do it then that's what failure is. Right. The key with new people is understanding how to keep engaged with the muscle that you're training all the way up to that. Because as the the set continues on and as you continue adding the reps up within this set, you will find that that's when your form will begin to slip. And you'll start to incorporate centrifugal force instead of controlling the weight up and down you'll start maybe using you know some body english and say a standing movement you see guys at the gym that are like you know just their whole body is moving while they do say a dump or a, we'll say a, um, a barbell curl you know the only thing that really needs to be moving in that exercise is just your arm right you know, and just just the forearm really that's the only thing that needs to be moving everything else should be relatively stable so as your uh, reps continue on in the set, uh, it's super important to make sure that you stay engaged 
using the target muscle. And if you get to a point where you can't use that muscle anymore, that's the end of the set. That's not a time to start swinging the weight because when you start swinging the weight to get that extra rep, you're no longer engaging the muscle anyway. You're not doing any benefit. Uh, well, it could be argued, I'll say for the purposes of this conversation, you're not doing more benefit though. And you are opening yourself up for injury. And the key here is we want to keep good form. So not only can you train the muscle intended and get the progress you want, but you also keep yourself from getting hurt too. Cause right. you, you, you really get yourself held back. Um, Colt, how often or how many uh, work warm up sets do you usually do before you get into a working set? Uh, normally, probably three. Uh, okay, and, and it's normally somewhere between the twelve to fifteen range. Um, and I, I normally start at the very you know the very low range, and I'm basically yeah. just trying to get blood in the muscle. You know, uh, like especially with arms, you know, trying to you know get some blood around my elbows and stuff like that. Especially if I'm going to try to push any heavier weight. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's 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 about what I do too. Somewhere I, in there. I do have one question, though, and we don't have to get too yeah. in-depth with it because we may get into it later, but I'm curious, when it uh, what do you think the difference is when it comes to um, going to failure? Because we're, we're talking about one person on their own in the gym, uh, you know, going to failure on their own. Uh, what do you think in is the difference between y you being in your, on your own going to failure and then you going into there in the gym with a partner and they, you know, kind of help you on those last couple of reps. What, what do you think the overall difference is between, between those two as far as muscle, muscle growth goes? I think for early on, for people that are just starting up, um, you don't necessarily need that. Okay. I think that you can, uh, you know, you can push it further with, with the help of somebody else. I don't really use any spots. Okay. I don't, I never use a spotter. Um, and that, that was something that I, you know, I used to use a spotter and at this point I, it's very rare. I, I pretty much, I want to be able to control the weight and I'm at a point now where I can, I don't need a spotter to help me, uh, get done what I need to do. Right. It's usually always something I could still control even if I am close to failure. There are a lot of benefits to having uh, a training partner, though. I think that, you know, that's something I haven't written in here. That would definitely be something that we could talk about today. I think that having a training partner could 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 mean a lot, uh, not only to um, your reaching your goals and having a spotter, but also uh, the the um, the commitment that you have to make if somebody else is going to be there to meet you at the gym. Yeah, you you're, know, as long you're accountable as to somebody else, basically. Yeah, as long as they're a good training partner and they're going to show up on a consistent basis, which that can be hard to find sometimes, then hell yeah, you could do, you could definitely, in a lot of aspects, take your uh, take your, your training a lot further. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100% because not only does having a training partner for me help to keep me accountable to get to the gym, but it also, speaking of failure, helps to keep me accountable to reach that point. Because oh, yeah. for for whatever reason, uh, at times especially, I, I I I don't achieve failure. I don't know why, but it's so much easier when I got somebody watching me <laughs> because I know <laughs> that they're going to say, "Hey, you could have done more than that. Come on, what, what are you yeah. doing?" Because you can tell by the way that I I lifted that weight or pulled that weight or whatever I was doing at that particular point in time that I had at least a, a, another couple in me and I should have kept going. And so having that even that that micro accountability, I think, is very important for people like myself. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, having a training partner is definitely a power greater than yourself. You know, you, 
you now have a, a, a team basically between you and that person and you guys can help push each other to reach your goals. And I think it's really good for motivation too. I think that a training partner could be super beneficial uh, at the same time. I don't want to be tethered to a training partner. I've, I've seen it happen where one person starts slacking and therefore the other person starts slacking. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be self-driven. But at the same time, it's I don't I, I'm sure you guys have experienced this. If you go hiking by yourself, it's it's a lot longer of a walk than if you've got somebody there and you have a good conversation going. Having somebody else there while you're hiking pushes you further to walk faster, challenge yourself, maybe go further than you would have, uh, than you may have just on your own. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and also to further that point that you mentioned earlier, Scott, it, it kind of is, is reminiscent of our earlier discussion on hiring a trainer. What I tried to do, because Colt is, is really my only training partner and we have different schedules or okay. we, we, I just can't, you know, I can't be there with him except on the weekends. But what I try to do is I translate what I gain from being able to work out with him, I translate that into my personal workout. And so I, I kind of like, it's almost kind of like having a, a cult in my head sometimes, which may yeah. sound a little creepy, a little, right? Well, that's <laughs> a lot, yeah. Trust me, it is. You should, you should see it from my point of view. But uh, no, but I, I try to translate those things into my, when, when I'm by myself. So that I do push further, so that you know those 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 tips he gives me on form, because it's always great to have someone watching. Because uh, oh, yeah. that's that's still better, even better than me looking in the mirror, because he can see those the, the little minutia that I just can't detect. He he picks up on that. He's like, hey, isolate this and and make sure you're you're hinging here and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that's another helpful tip. Tip I noticed for me to uh, also try and mimic you know the, the workout partner in your head. Uh, whatever you gain from it as you have that partner because I agree you can't be tethered to somebody else if I did I wouldn't I wouldn't be working out nearly as much it, it, I wouldn't yeah. get nearly the, the frequency that I get now because I don't have the luxury of having someone there with me all the time what time uh, what do you train and then uh, Colt what time is your normal training because it sounds like you guys don't match up during the week yeah I go I go in the mornings now I finally got my morning routine down which nice. took, took me a while to get because I've for the longest time I was uh I used to work nights when I when I worked in the factories some years ago, so it was afternoon or uh, sometimes even in the early mornings. But even more recently, since I joined the Land of the Living on day yeah. shifts, you know, um, and a completely different field now as well. But for really? the longest time, I, I work in the uh, I used to work out in the in the evenings, you know, anywhere from from seven eight o'clock something like that. Now I'm finally got myself to where I am working out uh, about six in the morning, six thirty. Between six and seven, sometime. How about you, Colt? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm normally around four o'clock in the afternoon. I normally go after work. Not the easiest thing to do after you work ten hours and then you know have to push yourself to the gym. But I've got it pretty struck. Just life in general, pretty structured, pretty easily that way because I work ten hours a day. So you know, get up at three thirty in the morning to be at work at five, and then get off at three thirty, go straight to the gym come home for a couple of hours and then be in bed by like 7.30 so I can get eight hours of sleep to be back up and go again. Yeah. You guys are pointing out some great stuff too. Consistency. You know, you you find a time of day that works for you, be realistic in setting that up and then stick to it, you know, stick to that plan. I think the consistency is, is one of the biggest factors that can help dictate, you know, your, your progress because, you know, if you keep it consistent, you're a lot more likely to make and meet your your uh, expectations of yourself and the commitments you've made. You know, there's a, there's always going to be life that comes up and gets in the way, 
But if you do at least have a plan set on when you're going to do this, you're going to be a lot more likely to, to minimize the issues that come up, right? Absolutely. That's something that I talk about when, when working with people in general, talking about consistency, you know, whether it's even just coming to work, you know, you, you don't want to miss work just for the sake of missing work and use up a sick day because one of these days you're really going to be sick, you know? Yeah. And, and working out the same way for me. You know, I haven't been able to work out this past this whole week because I had some I had some uh, some pretty significant uh, dental work done, oral surgery. Oh, jeez, sorry and to hear that. Uh, it's it is what it is. You know, I got through it, I made it, but um, the doctor, you know, she said you can't work out for you know some time because otherwise your your wounds are going to explode like a bloody volcano. Uh, my words, yeah. not not hers, but still, she said not <laughs> yeah. to do it. Right, uh, and, and so I couldn't because I I didn't want to exacerbate the problem in my mouth. Obviously, I wanted to heal and get through. But fortunately, sure. my, my, my routine has been strong. And, and so this hit, not being able to work out for you know five days or so, is not going to be as significant as it were if I was only, if I just had a you know, half-assed routine that I didn't really stick to. And so I think consistency is, man, it's so important. I know it is for me. You bring up something else that I think is huge. I see people that start up on a plan with the best of intentions and they start making progress. And then life happens. Something comes up. They have to go in for a series of uh, dental, uh, you know, exams and and procedures. Um, and then before you know it, they you know they're thrown off track like you are, James. Only difference is is they don't get started back up. Right. And yeah. it it all unravels. They say, well, I'm not training this week, and then they feel like shit about that. So I'm just gonna eat these pancakes for breakfast too. You know and. <laughs> yeah. And I ate those pancakes for breakfast, so I'll, I'll just have pizza. And then next week, I'll get back on track. You know, I, I'd say you've got to be really careful with that. It could be a really slippery slope. I think that uh, it's harder to keep your nutrition and everything in order when you don't have training as an option in a situation like where you're at. But, you know, it, it comes back to that trusting the process and having faith that, you know, what you're doing is going to be for the greater good. It's the people that can take those little speed bumps and get through them and not be phased, that can hop back on it. Because you're right, man. At the end of the day, this you let's look back at when we hit 2020. Let's look back at how 19 treated. And I am certain that if we had a James that did the dental work and took a week off and the James that didn't do the dental work and didn't take a week off, we won't see the difference between the two results. It's going to be so small. This one week is not going to make or break anything. Right. You got to keep that stuff in mind. But you could do some damage if you let yourself. So you got to stick with it. And it's a, like we said last time, no matter what, you know, you find a plan, you put it together, and no matter what, you stick with it. Yeah. As long as you don't let it ride out, you know, oh, that one week, it's not going to. It's not going to hurt me, so I can probably do two weeks, and it's not going to hurt me either. Mm. And then all of a sudden, now you're not back. You're not in there anymore. Yeah, and once again, yeah. I think the 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 lead up to this it has been so important for me. You know, speaking on a personal level, and I, I imagine that it's portable to, to most people. If you if your game is strong, when you when you come up to a week where you can't, because you know, right now I'm itching, it's killing me not to get in the gym. You know, I miss it badly. You know, had I not been uh, in such a strong routine before, it might not have been like that. You know, I, the motivation wouldn't have been so high, you know, because yeah. I wouldn't have had that momentum. I wouldn't have had, you know, just the excitement to get back in the gym from day to day. And so that would have made a big difference in me, in my mindset now, 
Right. Well, you're on the shitty side of things, too, because it's not just that you can't lift, but, you know, nutrition has been kind of out the window, too, because you haven't been able to eat very well. Right. Well, fortunately, I've had a lot of protein shakes because it's <laughs> it's been one of the easiest ways to get my protein nutrition. It's the, the only way. I, there's no way I could eat a steak. Uh, not yet. I'm getting there, though. <laughs> So, Scott, we've talked about a lot here. Have we gotten to rest days yet? How important is rest days? What kind of frequency should we have in that? Um, am I skipping ahead? Am well, I too far ahead? Uh, as far as the actual training plans go, we got to the the um, the, the circuit training plan. Yes. Uh-huh. And so if you're training uh, at minimum three times a week, then you're going to have four rest days in there. If we go further you could do a four-day split or a five-day split where you actually start splitting your body parts up. Now, I want to point out, when we started the circuit training plan, uh, what we began with was, like I said, bigger body parts working your way down. So you you don't want to train, say, a bicep, and then after that do a back exercise because a big compound lift for your back is going to incorporate your biceps too. Right. When you do something like a bench press, that's another compound lift. The chest is your primary mover, but then your shoulders and your triceps are also going to be assisting with that. So it wouldn't make sense to go in and train your triceps first and then do bench press. You'll be limited by the lack of strength that you get from having already exercised your triceps. So even when we break this down into a a, a more complex split, we want to still think about those big basic movements and the compound lifts as our primary exercise. There's a lot of guys that go in and they think to themselves like, oh, I want a big chest. I want big arms. And that's the only things that they focus on. They want to get a lot of arm training in. But the, the key is, is that if you do train the big basic stuff, everything else is going to develop too. If you, if you do a lot of bench press, you're going to get bigger triceps, which also your tricep is like two-thirds of your arm. So if you want big arms, you want big triceps. A lot of people focus on the bicep, but the bicep's actually a smaller muscle. So if you want big, thick arms, definitely get your tricep work in, and your biceps are going to grow with everything you're doing on your back day. So the way I would split that up, and this will lead to uh, rest days shortly, is you could do something like a push-pull-leg split, meaning everything that you would push on one day being chest shoulders and triceps and then a pull day of backed biceps and traps could be included in that and then a leg day now we have three workouts where we're now getting more specialized and if you wanted to you could just do those three workouts a week or you could do four episodes or four episodes four workouts a week by just starting your split over so say monday you go in to do push and then Wednesday you go in to do pole, Thursday or you know you go in to do legs, and Saturday you go back in. You could start it over again, and then you would do push, and then the following workout, whenever you, after you take days off, would be pole. So you just continually go push, pull, legs, doing the next workout in the lineup every time that you train. You could train up to five days a week that way, but I wouldn't want to do any more than that, and that's because rest is so important. You know our muscles don't grow in the gym; our muscles grow. While we're re- while we're resting, while we're recovering, while we're feeding those muscles to grow, so you need to have off you know plenty of time. I've I've seen it happen where you know guys get really excited and they get in the gym and then they fall in love with that. They're going six seven days a week 
you can do that kind of thing for a period of time, but you you probably will burn yourself out if you're pushing hard, you know. And that's the key if you're really training the muscle, uh, not the movement. You know, you're really working on say, you know, contracting the chest on your bench press movements, and you're pushing to failure. You're only going to be able to do so much per week, and it really comes down to individuality. You know, the harder you train, the more time you'll need off. But it's going to come down to listening to your body on this stuff. So if we were to uh, find that your strength is starting to go down, that you're constantly sore, that you're starting to tweak muscles, then there's a good chance that you you probably need to take a rest day. Um, I definitely think that rest is probably one of the one of the things that's abused the most in bodybuilding because we, we all fall in love with training. We want to be in there as often as possible. Um, but in order to get the results, you, you really do need that time out of the gym. How many rest days do you guys take? Uh, I'm no, I'm normally doing two, two rest days a week. I'm normally in the gym at least five days a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same here. How about you, James? Same here. Yeah. Two, two to three. Um, every once in a while, especially when I, when I'm training light, if I'm training lighter for whatever reason, then I, I may go six days a week in the gym. That's 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 not common. It's usually five days a week. I'm there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's your what's your take on uh, as far as rest days go? So um, not me in general, but like say the the circuit training that we're talking about. Uh, if we're if, if somebody's starting out and they're doing circuit training three days a week, um, should they split that up Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Should they do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then take off Thursday through Sunday? How should they uh, how should they split that up? I would definitely want to split it out through the week. Okay. That way, you know, you're you're getting rest in between those workouts, especially with the circuit training plan, because every time you go in, you're going to be training the same muscle you did last time. Right. And you can do that to a point with the amount of volume we're doing. And, and for somebody that's a beginner, if you were to train a uh, circuit training plan t- two days in a row, you're really going to be okay, especially for somebody that's newer to training. But for the most part, it would be a program where you would train a day and then take a day off. Um, yeah, I, I personally, it's, it's something I battle with, trying to take down time. My body responds well to volume, and I enjoy being in the gym. But I have to be really careful with it because I can, I can push that too far, and I see my recovery start to go down. Um, and it can become counterproductive. You can overtrain a muscle, and, uh, and it won't grow. You know, so it's it's finding that perfect balance, feeling rested, feeling healthy, you know, listening to your body and uh, and actually asking yourself, you know, being being honest with yourself in the gym. You know, am I really giving 100 percent? If you take rest days more often, then you're not going to be training as much. And when you do get in the gym, you're going to need to make sure that you're giving 110 percent, you know, if. If this is my only chance to train chest today, say we're doing push-pull legs and I'm training three times a week, this is my only opportunity for the next week to train my chest. I keep using chest as an example. I don't know why. <laughs> but whatever muscle group that you really want to focus on bringing up, you got to remind yourself, this is my only opportunity to train that. Right. You know, and Or if I'm going into a contest, I could tell myself, okay, 12 weeks. Well, if I train legs once a week, that means I'm only going to get to train legs about 11 more times before I compete. So, you know, 12 weeks seems like a long time, but in the reality, it's only 12 workouts for a particular body part. So, you know, if you get in there and you work 100%, then you have to see how long does it take to recover, you know, before you could do that again. And like I said, everybody's going to be different. Yeah. 
And I am different over my lifespan too. You know, you were mentioning overworking a muscle. I, I've I've let you know. I've talked to Colt about it a lot. I am very. I, I try to be very careful about not sustaining an injury, because you know, especially since I got into my late thirties and now early forties, it it's I, I you know I I just I'm very mindful that I do have you know boundaries. You know, I, I can't just just push like I used to when I was in my twenties. It it just won't work well for me. And so I also wanted to clarify earlier when I talked about, you know, a lighter workout being six days a week, that it, that kind of seems counterintuitive. But, um, you know, what I mean is I might I might be feeling a little soreness from the, the week prior and had, you know, a rest day sometimes too, and then come back into the gym. So I want to push uh, more reps and less weight just to keep my body moving, keep things going. But I don't want to exacerbate any kind of uh, injury that might be waiting in the wings to uh, attack me. Uh, and so I, I'll also do a lot of heavy cardio in, in that time okay. too. And I wanted to ask you about that as well, Scott, to clarify, where does cardio fit into, um, into the rest days? Are, are you including cardio on your rest days? Is the, is it, is it rest completely across the board? Like not, not even walking into the gym or how do you, how do you fit that in? That's a really good question. And, and we should make it clear too, when we're talking about training, I'm not talking about cardio. Cardio is is a whole other thing to me. You know, that's that's either you know we can use cardio for for health purposes, you know, for for cardiovascular health. Uh, but at the same time, um, my I, my purpose for cardio is really for fat loss, um, and I would consider that to be a, a separate dynamic than my weight training. So it depends what my goals were at that moment. If you were really pushing, you could still do cardio seven days a week, you know, while training weights less often, and you still will be rested. But if your uh, your goal is to grow muscle, and uh, you know you're you're not too far out of shape, you haven't built your cardio up a lot. Let's let's say you know for anybody who's just starting out, I wouldn't start with cardio seven days a week. I would start with about five days a week. And that would be independent of the training schedule we do. I'd probably try to line it up so that my cardio sessions were on training days too, meaning you would still get two days off completely of everything. Um, but I don't think you necessarily have to have a day off of cardio in order to to still make progress. It's a It's a completely different thing that we're tapping into there. And in some cases, you'll find that your body recovers faster by getting the cardio in, it helps with blood flow. It helps to, you know, push the uh, the damaged stuff out of your muscles and wash that away, and and just helps to to recover and helps you to to keep moving. So, um, yeah, overall, I would say no more than five days a week to start with cardio at about maybe thirty minutes, slow, steady state, keeping your heart rate at about one twenty five beats a minute, you know, somewhere in there, and then go go from there. You know, that's not the end of the cardio conversation. That's the beginning of it. So if fat loss is your goal, you may need to add more later. But we'll get more into the connection of cardio and nutrition on the next episode. For now, I'll just say that um, it is it, it's, it depends, but I would say I'm looking at cardio as independent of training. So you may still have cardio on what would otherwise be a complete rest day. And given the right circumstances, you still can – recover uh and use that as as a good rest day to be ready to get in the gym the next time around excellent another thought i had that and i, I it's taken a lot of time for me to get to where i am as far as uh my, my split goes 
but I, for a long time, I always lifted Monday through Friday and had my Saturday and Sunday off just okay. because, just because it was, that was what was comfortable for me and everything. But then at some point, I don't know, I don't know when it was, but at some point I started, uh, lifting on Saturdays and Sundays too. And I started throwing in rest days throughout the week and it was uncomfortable for a while, but then I realized weekends when you're not working is so much easier to screw up your diet, to screw uh. up your lifting and everything. So for me, it's easier if I'm, if I, if I make myself go into the gym on a Saturday or Sunday, there's a lot better chance that I'm, my diet's going to be on point that day and everything else as well. Mm. So I, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that. Like as far as uh, when you're scheduling your rest days, you know, if you can make it work to get in the gym in the weekend, you know, on the weekend, you know, try to make your rest days during, th- throughout the week, in my opinion, if, if it will help your, you know, help you, your consistency and help you to stay on point. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's definitely I think um, a great point to make. No, no question about it. So Scott, we're we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, what are we What are we missing so far as far as this first look at establishing a really solid training routine when you're talking about the foundational, the basics of of fitness here? Um, well, beyond push pull legs. A lot of people do what's been referred to as a bro split now, training five days a week and splitting it up into more individualized muscles. So you may find that you're doing, say, uh, chest one day, um, we'll say chest and shoulders one day, back another day, legs another day, and then shoulders uh, on a separate day. So now we have the the split even further. Uh, No matter what you do, no matter how you split it up, you want to focus on your big basic movements first. And if you have an arm day and a chest day, then you'd want to make sure that you line it up so that your chest day is not after your arm day. You know, you don't want to do chest or you don't want to do arms one day and then have sore arms going into the gym the next day to train chest. Absolutely. So, you know, if you work your big body parts down, then you can finish with something like arms in the week. Then take your rest days. So if you're doing five days a week like Colt had before, and you're taking the weekend off, then when you you know, you know take that weekend off after you trained arms on Friday, Monday, boom, you're ready to, to hit it hard again and everything's recovered. You don't have to worry about sore triceps while you're training chest. Um, it's hard to say exactly how many sets and reps each person's going to need. Somebody may respond better to a, a higher volume situation. Uh, somebody might do better with higher reps, and somebody might find that uh, they do better with high reps on certain body parts and lower reps on others. For instance, legs tend to be a body part where we can do higher reps uh, versus you know, a lot of times people train back with like a moderate rep range. You know, and and when we talk about weightlifting for hypertrophy, I would say don't ever do less than six reps. Six would be like the absolute lowest. You see people that are going in the gym and they're trying to to max out. And that's fine and good, but hitting a one rep max in itself is not going to develop muscle for you. So we try to focus in about the 8 to 12 rep range to failure. So we know what failure is now. So that means that somewhere in that rep range, you are going to hit failure. If you don't hit failure with that, then you need to go heavier and you know play with it from there. The larger muscle groups, if you, if you were to split it up into a, a five-day split – where you train each body part once per week, I would shoot to start for around 
12 to 16 sets for a large muscle group like chest and back and legs, and then maybe less, like uh, 9 to 12 sets for something smaller like shoulders and arms. And then how many um, how many exercises do you split that over? Well, I I might do let's say uh, let's say a chest routine might be four exercises for four sets per exercise. Okay. And that's working sets, meaning, you know, Colt, we talked about warming the muscle up. Those don't count. Right. So you you don't start counting the sets until you actually get up to your working weight. Um, and, you know, you have to reevaluate that. If, if it helps, take notes. Notes will only help keeping a log of your training so you can see, you know, how much did I lift last week on this movement? And then you'll know how to beat that too you know we i think that there's there's an element we're missing up to this point has been the idea of progressive overload Mm -hmm. because that's gonna be the key you know you 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 don't want to just go in the gym and do the same weight for the same reps and sets every day you know you want to be able to push further that's the goal i wanted to really stress that we want to focus on form first and make that your foundation but once you have that down you want to continue to progress in your lifts so that a year down the road, you're going to be stronger than you were before. And I can guarantee you this, that a stronger muscle is more likely going to be a bigger muscle. And, you know, the nutrition will play a lot of role into how big that muscle gets. We'll talk about that next time. But absolutely, um, I think that somewhere around somewhere around four exercises for a large, larger body part and then maybe three exercises for, for four sets to start you know, for something smaller like shoulders and uh, arms. Um, trying to think here because there's a, there's probably some other stuff that we are not touching on. Um, abs. That was another focus that I I get people that ask me. You know, how do you how do you develop your abs? Um, realistically, there's a lot of people out there that don't do any ab training at all. I'm talking bodybuilders right. that have a great set of abs and they don't do any direct ab work. Your abs are going to get worked through everything you're doing. You know, they're there to help stabilize you. I, that said, I am still a proponent of training them. I don't think you need to train them much. I wouldn't make a full day focused on abs. If anything, I'd maybe train them five minutes, 10 minutes post-workout um, on, you know, th- maybe three workouts a week. If you do that, you'll help to strengthen your mind-muscle connection to them, meaning that you can hold your stomach tight and that's going to be the main key, you know, for for getting the look that you want. Then, as you diet and your body fat gets lower, your abs will then become visible. You know, the issue with a newer person might be that they don't have enough muscle yet, and it'll take them dieting very hard to get those abs to come out. So, if you do train them, they will densify a little, and with that, you know, you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to see them a little sooner before your body fat gets super low. Um, Another note is that they're totally genetic. Some people have great-looking abs. They look like little little egg rolls, while <laughs> other people don't. Other people have like flatter, longer surface to the muscle, and there's nothing you can do to change that. The only thing you can do is just try to be the best you that you can. So if you uh, if you put a little bit of effort into making sure that you're uh, at least getting them contracted, training on a regular basis. When I say that too, I, I'm talking. Are you guys familiar with that machine? It's like a, it's like like an ab machine. It's kind of like a chair where you crunch forward and then your lower body crunches up. Lower body crunches up. Well, I- yeah, you're you're not just crunching forward with your upper body. 
you're actually your lower body, the seat comes up too. So you, you're basically you're crunching is is all I'm saying. Huh. Oh, I like uh-uh. to use this machine. Okay. It, I'm sure you've seen it. It's at every gym. Um, but I just use a little bit of weight. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to put like the full stack on there. I might only use a few of the plates that are on the selectorized stack. And, uh, I'm just going to try to do like sets of and get a really good contraction on each rep. And if you do that a few times a week, you using like this machine or some type of a cable crunch or even crunches, just uh, free weight, you know, without weight on the floor using body weight, that kind of stuff is going to be good for you. And, uh, you'll, you'll build the muscle up. I'll send you a picture, Colt. You'll see, you'll, when you see the machine, you're going to go, Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking I, about. I mean, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but I don't like our, the one we have at our gym is just one where you like have a, have a pad that you put your arms on in front of you and then you just, okay. and then you just push straight down with that and, and a crunch. But I, but the, the seat doesn't come up right. like to push your, to push your back up. You're just so sitting straight up and you crunch your arms for, or you, yeah, you put your arms on that and you crunch forward right. in a sitting position, which I use, uh, Scott, cause the, the, the big thing for, I would love to have abs that look good. That'd be great. It's not, yeah. my, it's not my number one goal to be honest with you. Uh, in this case, my goal is I need a strong core because I have a, a, a history of back problems and it runs in my family, lower back oh, issues. Yeah. And so when, when my core is strong, though, it, I don't have those problems. Not not nearly as badly as what I do is, is if I'm docile and not keeping my, my gym routine solid. So the, that strong core is super important for me. Yeah, that's a that's a huge point, man. And and you know, too, just exercising in general. I mean, it, it's great to look good. It's it's definitely it's uh, it, it's made it's made me really happy to be able to take my physique where the places I've taken it. But at the same time, it's nice to be able to have better strength to carry myself through the world and uh, to be able to be you know, physical at the level I want to be, no matter what I'm doing. It, and added strength, um, it, it helps in every aspect of life, really. And being able to keep yourself strong is going to, yeah, it's going to lead yourself to be able to stay healthier, too. Uh, we didn't really talk about injury here. Injury is one of those speed bumps that can come up just like you were talking about with going to the dentist. Uh, if you, you know, we mentioned listening to your body. We didn't talk about that a lot, but if you listen to your body, you will, um, you will be able to learn how to start predicting before an injury happens. Yes. And, you know, you can better take rest. And if you aren't focusing on the pounds that you're using, but focusing on the form, you'll also be a lot less likely to hurt yourself. So I would much rather somebody go in the gym and that they squat less weight and continue to be able to do that workout week in, week out versus have them do it for a few weeks and then hurt themselves and be out of the gym for a month. Yes. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's the commitment that I've made. There's 100%, Scott, is that I want to be consistent. I want to be in and out of the gym day in, day out, week in, week out. I'm not there to push myself so that I get injured. And, and if I feel something coming on, I back off of that. I, yeah. I, I reapproach what it is that I'm doing. And, you know, and I, I may even back up that muscle group for a little bit, you know, and, and reapproach with some higher reps, lower weight, and then, and then come back to it, uh, with a little bit more isolation or whatever the case may be. I feel like I need to, whatever adjustment I need to make in order for that injury not to present itself. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. You could find good workouts. If you, if, if so this stuff is still confusing, you like bodybuilding.com, other places in the internet, you can find a lot of really good workouts out there. I don't think you need to do anything unique or special. 
you know, sometimes you see people that tell you like, oh, they've got this special workout that, you know, this is the secret to the pros or this is what celebrities are using or this is how to make the best progress the quickest. You know, the, there's a lot of fads out there. Uh, I don't I don't think that you're going to find what you're looking for if that's your goal to look for a shortcut. No matter what, it comes down to just doing it for a long period of time. And I would try to just keep it as simple as possible in the process that uh, that over time, you know, you're going to you're going to be able to get where you want to be. But, yeah, if you're out there, if you're looking at bodybuilding.com or other resources for training plans, don't try to reinvent anything. Don't don't look to anybody that's trying to reinvent what works, because what works has been something that has been evolving an evolving decision that we've determined, you know, this is what works. And the reason that you know it works and the reason we've determined that is because it's a lot of people have had success with it, you know, and you don't need to find out a different way to get into shape because there's already been a lot of ways that have been figured out. So instead of trying to reinvent that, just go in with a work ethic that's going to be like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to work hard here and, uh, and, and put in, you know, the effort and the time. Um, and then you won't, I think if you have that mindset, you're not going to be looking for a shortcut workout, but I do want to warn everybody, you know, that stuff does exist out there. I think that you can take what we've said here and you could build your own split and, uh, do something that's, that's going to be good for you and beneficial, you know, long-term and as long as you're continuing to listen to your body through the process, it will tell you, you know, what you need. I think that if you if you want more help with that, you can reach out to a coach and that they can make sure that you're fast tracked, you know, on, in in the direction you want to go. It'll take a lot of the a lot of the the effort, uh, the 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 what am I looking for here, guys? A lot of the energy it would take to figure out what doesn't work and what does work. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you could sort that out, you know, sooner. You could sort that out sooner with a personal trainer. You could sort that out sooner by hiring, a, you know, a coach that would manage your nutrition and training. Um, or you can you can you could figure it out yourself, which is definitely something that would be a very rewarding experience. It's uh it's it's a fun experience to be able to lift weights and to get better at it. You can take away a lot from it every workout. It it gives me an opportunity to do something that nobody else is doing that day, which is pushing my body to its absolute limit. I remember when I worked my day job and I would look around at all these people and I'd think to myself, like, none of these people are challenging themselves to, you know, 110%. At least, at least it looks that way, you know, and it gives you a chance to really challenge yourself and see what you're made of on a daily basis, which is super rewarding. I think there's a, there's a lot of benefit, a lot to be learned from it. Nice. A lot of great nuggets there that you just talked about, you know, the, the hard work and consistency is, is how you're going to get to where you want to go. It, it, like my daddy always said, if, if something looks or sounds too good to be true, it usually is, yeah. you know, so with the fad diets or with the, this is how I saw one the other day, this is how Brad Pitt got shredded for fight club. You know, yeah. And they do this and in eight weeks, you'll look just like Brad Pitt. I'm like bullshit. You're not going to look just like Brad Pitt. Okay. I mean, right. some, some people may, Possibly if, if they already have a pretty good running start, but you can't just start from anywhere and, and look like that. So definitely consistency and hard work is is so key. 
and just sticking with it, you know, just sticking with it. I, that, that's what's working for me is just sticking with it, just, you know, making that commitment like we talked about last episode and, and having that mindset to do it. Yeah, and if you can find the little things, the little rewards that I just mentioned on a day-to-day basis, then you're not just sitting there waiting for the pot to boil, waiting for the grass to grow. You're actually you're actually getting the benefits, you're seeing the benefits on a regular basis and that in itself becomes rewarding and that's how you can trick yourself into keep doing it because if you if you're constantly looking in the mirror at what the results are, you're you know, you're going to get disappointed because this stuff takes a long time. And it, you know, like I said, look look back in a year. That's a good time frame. Look back in a year, and that's where you could really start, you know, comparing yourself. Um, in in the meantime, just keep your nose down and keep working hard and keep evaluating on a regular basis. You know what what does it really mean to be working my hardest in the gym? You know, am I being totally honest with my reps? You know, it's 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 easier when you have someone there. If you have your training partner there to call you out. You know, that's one thing. But, you know, like you said, you have a cult in your brain that's telling you what to do. That's great to have, man. And you need that. You need to be able to to stay honest with yourself every time you're in the gym on every set and every rep. And if you could do that, you you're going to make it. And what we're talking about here, guys, is just this is just science, really. You know, you don't have to have great genetics to grow muscle. Uh, Really, anybody can do it. But it's it's a matter of I mean it's going to be individualized in your results, but anybody could do it. It's just a matter of putting in the time and the actual hard work that goes along with it. You know, absolutely. Right. And, and then one more point that you alluded to earlier is just have fun, keep it fun, keep the process yeah. fun. And if, if if you're having fun, it it doesn't really seem like work. It just seems like fun. You know, I love making little games out of my workout, whatever that might be. I was talking to Colt not too long ago about just being on the elliptical and uh you know making a game out of out of self-control sometimes uh, not looking at the uh the time or my calories or the ah. distance or whatever i give myself like i always have music in my ears and giving myself i can't look at it until after this song is done right or yeah. i can't look at it after two more songs or whatever something like that and it just kind of forces me to do that or trying to beat my distance trying to beat my time you know those kinds of things it, it really adds an enjoyment to, to what I'm doing when, when I just make some little games out of it. I like to have fun in the gym. And, you know, you came up with those little games that you play because you love doing it and you you wanted to create the challenge to make it fun and to continue keeping the process enjoyable. So, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, my, my concern is is that we, we share this stuff with people and get them to see what we see. But if they see it on their own, they're going to discover these things too, and they'll they'll start creating little games with themselves like that to to keep challenging themselves on a regular basis. It's it's really such a rewarding process, and like I said in the last episode, it's so much more than than just picking things up and putting them down. You know, it's this is something that has changed my life. Seeing the results of weightlifting has proven to me that I could I could do a lot more than I thought was possible with my life. It's it's been it's been an eye opener, it's been an awakening and it's really cool to see other people have that same light bulb flip on. Awesome. I love it. Scott, this has been a really fun episode. I enjoyed the first one. This one really hit home on a lot of points. Uh, super fun. 
already excited about our next episode. So once again, I want to appreciate. I, I want to tell you I appreciate you for uh, taking the time out to not just educate our listeners, but you're educating me too, and I, I love it. I get such a benefit out of having these talks. So thanks again, sir. Awesome, I guys, I appreciate you having me here. I'm glad I could uh, share this stuff. Hopefully, this information will will help a few people out. And uh, you know, it's an ongoing conversation, though. So. You know, we have the next episode that we'll be doing. Um, I, I want to encourage people, too, to go over and listen to uh, my podcasts at advicesradio.com as well as bodybuildingnerds.com. You can find both of those places, uh, both of those things on iTunes, Stitcher, now YouTube, um, podcast apps, and, uh, you know, at, at the website directly, if I didn't mention that. Um, but it's going to be an ongoing thing. I, I found that I loved this sport. And through the process, I'm always educating myself. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm still learning. Part of my passion for the sport is that I continue learning. So don't get overwhelmed by everything we're saying. If you didn't catch it all, just take what you can from it. Listen to the episode again in in a week, and you'll pick up more probably. And then continue to educate yourself because over time – um, you'll find that you can build a really solid knowledge base for yourself and a solid knowledge base on understanding how your body works. So just keep with it, guys, and, and, and just keep taking it just one workout at a time, you know, one, one week at a time. And keep, like you said, and I mentioned in the beginning, keep having the fun because that's, that's really what this is all about. It's enjoyable. You know, it, it's something I look forward to. I know you guys too, too. Every time I go in the gym, I'm glad that I can do it. Absolutely. Right. Golden words. Thanks again, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, James. Thanks, Colt. And we're out. We want to thank Scott McNally for taking the time and energy to come on and join us in this series of episodes that we hope brings value to a lot of you out there who are either on your fitness journeys or are contemplating your journey toward better health. Just don't contemplate for too long because there is no time like the present to begin developing a new and improved version of yourself. Uh, As always, we want to thank all of you Cerebralites out there and remind you to tell all of your friends and fam about our most humble yet completely awesome show that we have here. Remember to subscribe to the CEP on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play to keep the variety coming straight to you and those big, beautiful brains of yours. You can also download our episodes on the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Anyone who needs to contact us for booking information, playlist submissions, or simply to say yo, uh, can do that by emailing us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, we always greatly appreciate you showing us all of your love and support on the socials by liking and following the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast pages and sharing the content and of course getting on there and interacting with us a bit. We love seeing you guys on there. We love hearing from you and we always have a good time. So that's it, folks. Until next time, be sure to keep those brains warm. See ya.